I see I got a, a lot of napkins already up here. One, because I sweat, but then also I'm a crybaby. Um, and God's just so good. Um, to stand and thank you. I'm like, how am I supposed to preach when we over here praising and people getting healed and testimonies? Um, let us bow. Father God, we come to you right now just saying thank you. I ask that you would um, have your way. Have your way, Lord, with my body, with my mouth, with my heart. Give me the strength to deliver this beautiful burden of what we call preaching. May your words fall, fall on soil ground. Ask that you would hide me behind your cross that none of me be seen and all of you be revealed. Help me this morning, Father God. Help me deliver your word that lives may be changed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, um, I have the privilege to speak on Genesis 4, 10 through 16. And as you know, um, educator, uh, that is my, my, my profession, I'm an educator, and so I can't help but to educate, God has put it in, in me, um, and so as I, I like to share when we start off our word, when I start off preaching, and we think about when we come in looking for a blessing, uh, that's what you will find. If you come in looking for fault, that's what you're going to find. And so today, um, how did you show up this morning? I always have to remind myself how did I show up? How am I showing up in space, right? Am I the prisoner who's that person who is here, but you don't, you don't want to be here? You're here because maybe your significant other <laughs> drags you here, right? And say, well, we're not going to dinner unless we go to church, <laughs> right? You can't watch no football unless you go to church. Um, or you're a vacationer. You're here, but this is just your getaway. It beats being at home, maybe by yourself, or away from folks that you don't want to be by, so you come here to get vacation, because you might get some water, right, <laughs> and a little bit of word, um, or are you sophisticated? That's an individual who shows up in space, but they know everything. You can't teach them nothing new, because they know everything, right? Or are you the shopper, right? That's that person I always share who shows up. But you just here to retweet, right? To reshare. So you sound smart and amazing, right? That shopper, you're just looking for that one word. You're like, you know what? I'm healed. <laughs> I'm going to retweet that. That's, I'm going to sound, I'm going to give you a sister and no credit. I'm going to just re repost that. I am healed. So you look good. Or, uh, where I always encourage people as I do workshops and trainings and, and speaking, as we show up, I encourage you to show up as the explorer. Explore what God is trying to reveal to you. What God is saying to you, to your heart, to your mind. God is always speaking. We heard last week, as we get in there, we'll jump right into it. Um, as we heard last week, that 
sometimes the world is so loud, right? God is always speaking, but the world is so loud that we can't hear him. God is always speaking, but the world is so loud that sometimes we can't hear him. And so let's recap real quick. Um, thank you, Dr. Nice. It makes my job a lot easier whenever you have a good preacher to go before you, right? Tee you up. You just got to remember. Anybody played T-ball before? Anybody? When you put the ball on the tee, you don't have to like. You, all you got to do is just swing and hit the ball. Like you don't have to worry about it coming or moving. Some of y'all still can't hit the ball off the tee. That was, I remember I had them teammates. I'm like, how you, how you missed it? You hit the tee, right? And then fold, like, I yeah, I remember tee ball. You like, you just struck out. How you strike out playing tee ball? Like, they just can't hit the ball. They got to take the ball, just throw it in their run, just to let you play. But anyway, Dr. Nashville did a great job of setting us up. Last week we talked about who are we? Who are we? As we looked at this text, um, talked about how we are living a subhuman experience because of sin. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's horrible. We are living a subhuman experience because of sin. Which means that like before, Adam and Eve had the pleasure, the opportunity to be at the full potential, the optimized, right, human potential before they sinned. Just think about that for a moment. Some of, like, you, we, we don't have no, you didn't have no back pain, I had no allergies, right? Think about this for a moment. Not everything was good. Sin messed it up. Now we got sickness, pain, sin, right? Suffering. And uh, Dr. Nashville talked about how sin is both around us and in us. Sin causes us to be in karatus and say, uh, which Augustine says is what? To be curved in on oneself, to be only worried about you. And this struck home for me. This struck home for me this week to remind us a reminder that Nate, it's not about you. And I have a quote that I always share, as much as about me, it's not about me. And sometimes it's amazing how you can forget, right? You can be a teacher, an educator, and you know the right things, but you can forget the lessons that you often preach or share. And so um, Cain was in his feelings, curved in on himself, only thinking about Cain. Cain yielded to his feelings, lashed out, and killed his brother. Cain then lies to God. Yes, it's like, it is kind of fucking, you like, you gonna lie to God? You gonna really, like, it's only a few of y'all here. Like, what happened to, what happened to your brother? Like, you, you don't know nothing, you don't know nothing. Okay. Cain lies to God like he didn't know what happened. And I thought about, it reminded me of my, uh, Natalie, our youngest. This past week, or maybe last week, went with Nana at Nana's house. And my mom said, she was real quiet, like, you know, too quiet. You know how the kids get quiet? You like noise, you like hearing stuff. He's like, wait a minute, I don't hear anything. So my mom said, she went into her room, looked at the dresser, Powder everywhere. All in the nightstand, powder everywhere. Looks at my my her granddaughter, right? Did you do that? Why why y'all parents? Why do we do that? Just like God, right? We want to be like God, that's why we ask that question. Who's your brother? Says, Did you do this? 
Sister Joe, you did it good. She's sitting there, nope. She sent me a picture. And I said, I, so when I got to, uh, to my daughter, I said, why'd you do that? She said, I didn't. I said, who did it? She said, Lala. That's her sister, Nala. I said, Nala's at school. <laughs> she was like, mm. So it just reminded me, like, even the sin, like, this sin starts at a very early age, right? So Cain, it's like my daughter, that mm. who, who did it then, Cain? I don't know. But then lastly, Dr. Dave ended with sharing about how we are supposed to be in community. Right? Cain was anti-community. God is community. His essence is community. And how we're supposed to be in community. And God uh, desires that for us. I think that's one of, the, one, of the, one of the reasons why City Church does so well. Is that community is very, very important to us. Pastors always making sure that we are plugged in to the overall community, to sub-communities, to micro-communities, to mini-communities, right? Pastors going to plug you in somewhere. Oh, you don't like big groups? We got a small group. You like small group? We got an even smaller group. We're going to get you into a group. Because he understands. What did God say about being alone? What did God say? It's not good for man to be alone. Why? Okay. We can just think about this. God told him, it's not good for man to be alone. So he gave Adam a helpmate. Because he knew. God's like, I know. I just leave you alone by yourself. And then what happened? He gave her a helpmate and he blamed. Anyway, so stay on topic. Let's get into it. Right? So I want to start with, I want to read this scripture because I think that it's important for us to to allow this to marinate throughout this sermon. The scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I gotta read it one more time. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In order for us to be equipped to do God's work, we must read Scripture. This hit home with me as I was looking at this book of Genesis and we were thinking about Cain. And I'm like, I'm not going to be honest with you. I got to be transparent because, see, God does this thing with me, Pastor. You may get it as an author. Another preacher, right? Paul said, you may get this. There's this thing when you're about to preach. God will allow things to come into your atmosphere. Sometimes people, sometimes things, sometimes circumstances, but when you're about to deliver God's word, it seems like at that moment, chaos arrives at your front door. You're having a good time. But when you got to preach, or you got to teach, or you got to study, right, it's like all the distractions show up. So, God was reminding me, he took me to the scripture to remind me that when I was looking at this text, I said, well, I'm not, I'm 
not Cain. Cain's horrible. I would never kill my brother. I passed judgment. So God, let me tell you, God allowed something to happen throughout this week. God gave me a, 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 a what was Paul? He got a thorn in his side. He was afflicted. So throughout this week, my patience has been thin. And last night, Ryan, I reached the, the, the point where I wanted to be king. Don't, don't judge me. Because I passed judgment, I would never do something like that. But the thoughts that crossed my mind last night, the ideas, the plots, the conspiracy, how I could plan something and get away with it. It reminded me that nobody, none of us are void, none of us are exempt from temptation, are exempt from uh, trial and tribulation. God is right here with us, and there's some things in our lives that God is allowing to happen to train us, to, 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 de to develop us. So last night, as I was, I was like, I know, I, was, I, knew, I knew it was coming. Right? I was just, okay, this, I, it's always something. I got to preach, it's always something. And it came. I was like, Lord. I got, I was so angry. Anybody ever want to just smack my lips, like, smooth off? <laughs> Listen, this is how angry I was. I wanted to take my hand. This holy hand, right? And I wanted to deliver it across this person's face. This is how angry I was. I'm being honest. Pastor, I think my brother Jenny said, you know what? Like, you, I said, I, the thing, this is the thing. I'm a pastor. I shouldn't be like this. And then God said, you're not exempt. I called Paul, who was the chief of sinners. So then I said, okay, God, so you're allowing these things to happen to also so that as I share the word, people can see that I am not exempt. Which then removes this holier-than-thou thinking or where we like to put our pastors or people on pedestals because we think that they are better than we where we all are dealing with something. So back to these lips I would just smack. Listen. God delivered me. I drove and I sat and I did something different. I said, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? I am so angry right now to the point where tears were rolling down my face. I said, Lord, help me. You know what I want to do. You know what I want to say. You know what's coming upon me right now. And I haven't been this angry in so long. Lord, help me. I have to thank my brother Gene who was here today. Who picked up the phone. Because I didn't know who to call. And I called him. And he listened. And he said, you and Pastor, this is, this is, I have to share this, this point. He said, you and Pastor do a good job of making it very clear that we all, that none of us are exempt None of us are exempt from life. The thing that is happening to you, 
happens to other folks. This probably won't be the last time. So what do you think this is rooted in? So it helped me to go deeper. And this is what God, I believe, and we look at, as we look into this text, God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to stop just looking at the surface of the matter and to go deeper. So as we look at this text, Genesis 4.10 through 16, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, listen y'all, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you will drive me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him could kill him. So Cain went from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Four main points for you this morning. One, look at what you did. Look at what you did. Two, sins and, sin and symptoms. Point number three, sin is more than we can bear. And our last point is that driven, and, driven away and marked. Driven away and marked. So these are for the cliff notes. I know you I like cliff notes too, so that's why I'm giving you four points, because I know how I sit through this whole sermon. These are four main, main points, so you got it now. So if you want to drift into, no, no, you pay attention, all right? <laughs> Number one, right? What do you do? Look at what you did. Number two, sin symptoms. Three, sin is more than we can bear. And then four, driven away and marked. Let's look at the first verse. The Lord said to, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What happened in the past text as we were looking at last week? Cain killed his brother. Cain killed his brother. And I think for me, what is a reminder that we look at TV shows, we look at these things, and we look at the Bible as not interesting, not factual, right? That it's not filled with things that are relevant. And God was reminding me that this is so relevant. This is so relevant. And if more families, right, if more families were into the word of God, we wouldn't see some of the things that are happening in our communities today. Because as you just shared, Pastor, right, the government, the city, right, they are trying to fix a problem that is deeper, right, is deeper, as, as rooted deeper than they can go. Government, school systems, right, as an educator, I, would, I remember having this conversation with the Lord, I'm like, Lord, you, thank you for this job, I'm thankful. But Lord, they need Jesus. Like, I can, I can talk to these kids, I can inspire them, I can encourage them, but guess what? When they go back home, they're rooted in sin. If they don't know you. These issues, right? These issues are really, they're rooted in sin. So, why do we have trauma on the, on the why do we have issues, all, all kinds of things on the, on the playground? Why can't kids get along? Why are teachers not teaching them and giving them all? It's a sin issue. We can, we can make it other things. It's pay, right? Now, let me, as an educator, pay is 
pay should be more for teachers. Now you just said, principals getting beat up, teachers getting beat up, pay me more, right? So thinking about this, looking at this text, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. We are not exempt. Again, we are not exempt. So first off, God is, tell, is telling, getting to Cain and getting to the root issue. Look at what you did. Look at what you did. I want you to know that, I also want you to know that I know what you did. Sometimes I think this is a reminder for me that we can try to hide from God. Right? Because we hide our sin from each other, we can also, we, in our mind, we may think, that, oh, God doesn't see this. So, what does he say? Look at what you did. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Cain was still... Me? And we're going to get into this. So, we look at this. So, look at what you did. Cain now is aware, fully aware, that God knows what he did. It says, what, what happens? As a result, point number two, sin and symptoms. Sin and symptoms. Now, you are, what? Under a what? And driven from the ground, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood. Sin and symptoms. See, this is the thing that I, I realized as I started wrestling with this text and looking at it, that I thought about how sin often, right, it's it's so subtle. It's so subtle. Cain was just angry a couple weeks ago. He was just downcast. Remember that? Y'all remember the text? Cain started off as just being downcast. Anybody been downcast? Be careful. In a couple of weeks, right? Think about this. A couple of weeks, a couple, a couple of texts ago, Cain was just downcast. He was mad. Why? Because his brother did something that was good. People will hate on you because you do good. I used to walk into a school uh, on a campus and people, like, it would get back to me, that, that teacher don't like you. What did I do? Good. I started to look for fault and then God was reminding me, because you belong to me. Remember, though, if you love right, if you belong to me, the world's going to hate you. Why? Because you don't belong to the world. They don't recognize you. So in this text we see now we're looking at sin and symptoms. The symptom, if we start off with angry, be careful. Because many of us, right, we can go, we can become upset. And then our anger can then become what? Thoughts. Then our thoughts become what? Words. And then our words can then become actions. Right? Because we might be ready to fight after we exchange words. So this was, God was telling me, taking me through this journey, not just in theory, but in reality. God said, now I'm going to take you through it, Nathan. I'm going to allow you to be, uh, you're going you to be mad. You're going to be big man. And then you're going to have to deal with it because you belong to me. So you can't respond like everybody else. But God, I want to fight. But you belong to me. And then I was taking vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall repent. I said, Lord, okay. I had to remember that when God might fight any battle, when I tried to fight, I say I got beat up now. Let me be honest. But when I tried to fight my own battles, anybody dug yourself deeper? You tired? You more mad? 
you really not winning, or you winning, then you feel bad. Because now you win, and I showed them. Now you like, and the Holy Spirit like, you showed them. You showed them that you don't have no patience. And you're supposed to be a believer. And now when you invite them to church, they're going to look at you like, huh? You want to go to church where they got short patience? So God will share with me that in order for us to fight, God has it's a reminder that we also have to use the word to, to, to resist the devil. The word says resist the devil and he will flee. But you have to be in your word. See, if I wasn't my word, if I wasn't in my word, y'all would have to Y'all heard what Pastor Pastor May did? You see them lips that she snapped? <laughs> it was gonna check my lips. Text. Now you are under a curse. Because God cannot be in the presence of sin, now you are cursed. God has to remove sin. He cannot be around sin. His holiness cannot entertain sin. So he has to move Cain away from him. Think about this. Many of us, we don't know nothing. This, and this doesn't hit home for us because God, I was like, God, I don't, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I, you have removed me from your presence because of my sin. I haven't experienced that, but we see in the text, God has to remove Cain because he spilled blood, he, killed his, he has killed, he has murdered his brother. Sin. The symptom, the sin was the thought, he, he, just, he just thought something. Then he conspired, he started thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill my brother. And then now the consequence, what are the symptoms? The symptoms of sin, now he, you gotta get, you got to go. You have to leave. It made me think about anybody ever throwing a pebble into a pond or water into a, right, I mean, throwing a stone into water and you've seen the ripples? It's a ripple of sin. We don't know how our sin is going to, one, impact us or the people around us. Me and my brother Gene, we would used to, I'm being transparent, he probably like, don't tell him I've been telling your business. Right? But this is my, my brother. We would, we would talk about how we would compare our sins. And we would think about this. I might just do it. Because I see what happened to you and I might be, I might be willing to take that risk. If that's the consequence, right? I'm willing to take that. Some of y'all bad to you. I know y'all done counted the cost of sin. Some of y'all last night. Anyway. But we, we, we would do that. You know what? Was it that bad? What happened? Did God get you? He let you, he let you get away with it? All right, I'm a, And then what happened? Ooh, uh-uh. You said, you said you got away with it. God, God, uh-uh, he blocked it. I, I reached my hand, I got burnt. I got messed up. What happened? We can't play with sin. As much as we want to. Sin, let's, let's, let's be honest for a moment. Sin is fun. Let's be honest. It's sin fun. Amen. Sin is fun. Exactly. There's one person to understand sin is fun. Why do we do it? Because it's fun. We don't sin because it doesn't feel good. We sin because it feels good. But we don't think about the consequences, the symptoms that sin produces. So, the ripple effect. Cain is consumed with anger, killed his brother. And we look at the text more closely. Now he has a severe punishment. 
Cain's purpose, when we look at this text right here, it says that when you work the ground, when you, when who you, when Cain, when you work the ground, it will no longer yield its uh, crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer. Sin and symptoms. Now, because he has sinned, God has now driven him from Eden. Now you, gotta, now you have to leave the premises, right? Anybody ever, hopefully, those city church, city church members have had to be removed from the premises, right? But now he has been removed from the premises because of his sin. But then look more closely at this text. It says, when you work the ground, when you work the ground. If we look back at the, uh, at the other text, it made me think about this was his purpose. His purpose was working the ground. He had a gift of working the ground. Now when he works, nothing. Working the ground, working the ground, nothing. Which then made me think, you know, how painful it must be to have a purpose that doesn't produce. You are walking in your purpose, but because of your sin, you don't get the production that you're looking for. This has been experienced for me. Nathan, the reason you're not seeing as many contracts as you would like is because you need to put me first. You're more worried about the contracts than you are about me. But the Bible says if you seek me first, my kingdom, these contracts are nothing. But I'm trying to get your heart. Because I understand if I give you contracts and I'll have your heart, you're going to destroy yourself. Cain destroyed himself. So he's driven. Now his purpose won't produce. And I'm so glad that God is patient with us. People say, oh God, like there's unbelievers who think that our God is not gracious. Our God is not kind. Our God is patient with us. 2 Peter 3.9 says what? Instead he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient with us. We haven't been banished from Eden. If we, I think if we saw more of that, we might move a little differently. Right? But we don't see our friends getting banished and like, what happened? What do you <laughs> Right? Genesis 4, 13-14. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment, look at the text, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. As we look at this, point number three, sin is more than we can bear. Now, look how cold Cain is. Cain's not even worried about he killed his brother. He don't want my punishment. I know I my brother, but you won't send me away now? Want to be hidden from your presence? Just because I killed my brother? Think about this. When I thought about that trying to be curved in on himself, now he's getting a punishment. He's like worried about the punishment versus what he did. We don't see no remorse in the text. All we see is him now say what? My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you drive me around. Now somebody going to kill me. He's still worried about himself. It's reminded this is us. If not careful, if not filled with all the spirit, if we're not reading, right, and praying and in community, we will only be worried about ourselves. And how we're harmed. And how we're impacted. He says, so now you're going to be driven away. Right? I will, I, uh, I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless one in the earth. And that world which also looks like uh, a fugitive. Like you're going to be sent away. Not only are you going to be sent away. When you work, you're not going to be able to produce. And then on top of that, you won't have rest. You will constantly be weary. You will constantly be restless. 
For as a person who has dealt with anxiety, that sucks. It's horrible to constantly be maybe looking over your shoulder, feeling like something's about to happen, but to not even, see, this is what I love to see. God, what we get to see is even on those horrible days, God will give us a glimpse, a little bit of peace. Cain didn't get any of that. You are going to be restless. You're going to be a wanderer. This is no longer your home. This is this is hard. And I thank God that he is so restorative to, today. God, we have we serve a God who is restorative. Amen. Who brings us in right relationship with him. Yes. So see, we look at this point that sin is more than we can bear. We have to be careful. Sin, see, Paul, did, I mean, uh, Cain didn't understand the severity of his sin. He did what he did without thinking, and then this was the consequence. He's driven from the land. Now he can't, he can't work. Right, can't reap the benefits of planting your seeds. That's horrible. The work reminded me of, of when I was, I was talking about, I started thinking about how God, again, just being the ultimate restorer. Uh, and I will, in my work as an educator, I do something called restorative justice. Pretty much it's about getting to the root of the issue. God is always worried about us, the root issue. God wants us to go deeper. So as we start looking at this text, God now has punished him. He's driving him away, and he's hidden from his presence, right? He's going to be a wrestler, a restless a wanderer. We look at the text, the next it says what? But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills you, right, kills Cain, will suffer what? Vengeance, seven times over. This made me think about our sin is so dangerous that our sin is so dangerous that it can entangle others. If not careful, us playing around with God can mess other people up. How do we know this? Because we see it here, right? Because if anybody kills you, then they're going to suffer. But then now we look at who, who was it? Who, who was it that got uh, swallowed by a fish? We're gonna go to Bible study, Amen. Jonah. There we go. Somebody's hollered out, Jesus. I'm like, no, that's not the wrong one. So Jonah. And then what happened? When he was running from God, not being obedient, his what? His rebellion, rebellion almost cost other folks their life. Now Cain is in the same boat. He can't end his suffering. This is a horrible place to be, y'all. When you're in a predicament where you can't end your suffering. And you don't have what we have, the luxury of God's presence. So it's one thing to not end your suffering or to be suffering but still have God's presence. Right. So Sister said, I, I, I got this bad news but now I still have peace yeah. because she had a relationship with God. Yeah. But see, you can get some bad news, you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have no peace. Yeah. That's a horrible place to be. Cain yeah. is driven from God's presence. So we look at point number four, driven away in marks. Some of us need to praise God right now that he has not driven us away. That God has not pushed us away because of our sin, because of our rebellion. We may not have slaughtered or killed our brother, but we may have in our mind, we may have in our heart, said I ought to. Right? But it's been by the grace of God that we are not driven away. So now Cain is marked. Our sin can get others entangled. We see that this is a horrible, horrible punishment. 
which leaves us with some things to consider. Did Cain get what he deserved? Curious, raise your hands if you think Cain got what he deserved. All right. All right. See, see two hands? Some of y'all are like, well, after you said, <coughs> I'm Cain. I don't want God to do me like that. Right? What I want you to think about as we close out thinking about this text. What were the words or phrases that stood out to you? How does this text make you feel? What is God telling you today? See, it's one thing what I love about God is that we can all read the same text, but God right now is speaking to all of us individually, telling us something different. My woe, my sin isn't your sin, my issue, right, isn't your issue. But God has this uh, uh, beautiful way of his word going forward and hitting us right where, right, us dead in the chest. Like, ooh, he in my business. So what is God saying to you? And lastly, where can this word encourage or correct you? Where can this word? Like I said, I started the text like this. Paul, this is irrelevant to me. I would never kill my brother. Then I got a little bit too advanced and I said, oh, really? And I wanted to slap somebody. And I said, okay, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I see weird. I see what you're doing now. I am Cain. Right? I had a potential to be, to be Cain. And that's all of us. If we're not careful, we have to go into the Word to allow the Word, right? Allow the Word to change our hearts. Amen? Amen. Let us bow. Father God, we thank you for this Word. We thank you for allowing us to hear your Word. Lord, may we handle it with care this week. May we take this word and apply it to our lives, to our situations, to our circumstances, Father God. Even if we think that it's not relevant right now, may you store it in our hearts that we may remember it, that it may encourage or correct us when needed, Father God. We thank you for everything that you're doing in your word and through your word. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. A Amen. Amen. Um, let's see. I do not see Doreen or Urban today, do I? Are they? Nope, they're not here. Okay, that's all right. One day, one day, we'll all come together. And the, the, you know, things will line up, and then we'll make those introductions. Thank you so much, Pastor Nate. Again, thank you so much, every each and every one of you, for worshiping with us today. Let's stand. Let's go home. You're going to head out of these doors. I am, uh, I, I am so encouraged, as uh, Pastor Nate reminded us about uh, our emphasis on community, uh, that more and more folks are hanging around after worship and they're making those personal connections and they're sharing a conversation. That's important. And I encourage you to continue to do the same. Uh, just again, as a point of reminders, uh, Tuesday, 10 o'clock memorial service uh, for Renee Parker. And if I can get just a handful of men uh, to help uh, Nate Doss uh, uh, to roll seven tables and eight chairs per table uh, over into the other space, I'd be ever so grateful. Thank you again. Thank you, uh, Rachel, Paul, um, Cyrus. Man, I, I, I saw you. Are you still there, Cyrus? 
uh, you're, you're, you're ducked behind uh, Little E, uh, who's not so little. Uh, <laughs> uh, so good to so good to see you, uh, Ryan. Uh, it's 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 a big deal. It, it really is. We had a uh, uh, a Zoom meeting last week um, just to talk about the ministry. Um, be, to be able to to stream, to record, to podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody. You know, everybody has. There's a place for you at City Church. There's a place. There's a Shawling Paul uh, place for you too. Come on up here, Shawling boy. Oh boy, my word. Hiding behind Erica like that. What's what's the deal like that? So good to see you. This is my uh, my daughter. How is teaching? Busy. Busy. Yeah. Still at UC Davis? No. No. Okay. Grad school. Grad school at William Jessup. William Jessup. William. Where, where did Tabitha go? So. Uh, so Tabitha's at Jessup too, did you yeah, know? Yeah, no, I connected with her. Oh, okay, very good. Uh, Shalane's a UC Davis graduate and uh, uh, educator and now going to grad school for your teaching credential. Mm -hmm. And master's. And master's. Will you be a child of the corn? Uh, I'm just asking for a friend, you know, because there's this maze thing going on. Uh, you weren't here for the announcement then, huh? Rachel Moe? Oh, no, I'm going. You're going? Yeah. Uh, will you get lost? No. I will get us through. That's I'll a testimony. Okay, so so Rachel, if she doesn't get you guys through the maze, <laughs> let me know. As, as Sister Jones is, is playing through it all, too. Huh? <laughs> 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 yeah, you better trust in Jesus. Don't trust in... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Father and our God, I love you. I love you. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for the word today. Thank you for uh, the resonance. Thank you. Thank you for every aspect of our coming together. Everything. Father, the, the, the planning and the preparation that went into uh, praise team rehearsal. Father, their rehearsal, their dedication, their prayer allowed us uh, an extra special experience of praise this morning. Thank you for their, their diligence. Thank you for uh, Stephanie and uh, Diane and the entire Harvest team. Father, they give of themselves so freely. Lachey, just... Just, just thank you for them. Uh, honor them. To honor their work, their commitment to ministry. Father, I ask blessings in advance on Saturday that um, that uh, through our Harvest Festival, uh, someone would come to know you. Someone would uh, just come running asking, what must I do to be saved? What's what's so special about this this weird group of people on Fourth Avenue that I need what they have? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us be incredible witnesses. Thank you for Anna. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking her through yes. and to this point 
where she can be an incredible witness. Father, indeed, through it all, through it all, through it all, give me the strength. Give me the strength. Now, Father, as we go down from this place, watch over us, protect us. Protect us, keep us from the evil one. Um, bring us back as you see fit. Ask traveling mercies on my family. Bring them home. Thank you for Jesus Christ. He does all things well. I love you and I praise you. It's in the precious name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. Amen.